grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today from Galatians, the Church of Galatia, Paul's letter there, and he writes about a problem they're having with Christian freedom. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery of the law. For you are called to freedom, my brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but use your freedom as an opportunity to serve one another. Dear friends of Christ, our topic today is, is one that well, all Christians struggle with, and mightily, Christian freedom. And you think, well, how can you struggle with freedom? We live in America, and it's not a struggle to be free. But I want you to think about it. What happens when people are given too much freedom? And, uh, you know, when people are free to do whatever they want to do without any repercussions and no punishments, people are just free to be what they want to be and do what they want to do. What happens if you teach a child that there are no rules? What happens when a child doesn't, is just free? What's that child going to do? Well, most certainly that undisciplined child is going to say, Dear Father, and oh, dear Mother, how much dearly I appreciate the freedom that you have placed upon me. And I certainly would never abuse my freedom to make you unhappy. I would never abuse my freedom and impose my freedom in you in such a way that would cause you to be impatient with me. We never hear a child say something like that, would we? No, you give a child freedom. Well, what of us? We're children of God. What of our freedom in Christ? Oh, you are set free. What of our freedom? Do we abuse it? And we all, we all hear the Christians as they reason through all this and they say, well, you know what? I'm forgiven, I'm free, so I get to sin. It's okay for me to do what I want to do because God is going to forgive me. I don't even have to go to church. For all of us, there's that tension, that tension in Christianity. What can I do and get away with? What can I do and get away with and still be a Christian and still be forgiven. How much sin can I do? Have I overstepped my bounds? Have I rejected God's grace? Is punishment going to come now? Have I lost my freedom? How much freedom does a Christian have? That's a good question. What does it mean to be free? And it's a question that Paul was trying to answer for the Christians in the church of Galatia, they were struggling with the same thing. As our, we consider for our theme, what does it mean to be free? Freedom is a precious gift, and people will fight for it, as we have here in America. And people who don't have freedom, as in some of the other countries, they long for it. However, the abuse of freedom is what Paul's writing about in his letter to the church of Galatia. Paul had just told the Galatians about a Savior, about how the Savior loved them, forgave their sins, set them free, that they didn't have to do anything, just simply believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. And in freedom, they're now free from the law. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You're free, free from sin, free from the devil, free from eternal death. You're free. 
Paul had taught them about this loving Savior who saved them by grace. And if the Son sets you free, and all the Galatians could memorize this, could say this passage, if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Christian freedom of forgiveness. We live in it. We're all set free from eternal punishment. We're saved by grace, saved by His blood. Christians are free to sin and be forgiven. What a deal. Here's the problem. How do we use this Christian freedom of forgiveness in such a way that it turns against us and destroys our soul? Yeah, that Christian freedom. Oh, it's true. We're free to sin. But that doesn't mean that sin has lost its power to destroy our soul. Oh, it's true. We're freely forgiven. And that's true. But it doesn't mean that we're free to abuse God's goodwill. Oh, it's true. We're freely, we're free. And we crave that freedom. We long to be set free. But that doesn't mean that we can abuse God's grace. You see, deep down in our hearts, our sinful hearts, we use the freedom of forgiveness to sin against the Lord. We use that freedom to believe what we want to believe, do what we want to do, say what we want to say, live the way we want to live, speak as we please. However, abuse freedom, abused freedom in essence, abuse freedom in its very raw form is a desire to be free from God. Oh, we want to be free from God. You know, we want to set our own rules. I want to be who I want to be and do what I want to do. I want to live my way. And so we want to set our own standards, but what's worse is once we set our own standards and then we start living the way we want to live, we even start condoning sin in us and sin in other people around us who are doing the same evil, wicked things. We're wrong. Our society is wrong. And that's why Paul warns, you, my brothers, are called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge in your sinful nature. You see, Christian responsibility comes I mean, Christian freedom comes with a responsibility. As Christians, God has given us what we call the law, the rules. And you can say, well, there's the Ten Commandments. Yes, there are. Do you know them? The Ten Commandments of God, how He expects you to live. Well, I don't know the Ten Commandments. Well, then how can you live by them? He gives them the standards. He gives you the rules. He gives you the law. And you know what those laws do? Those laws accuse you. They show you your sin. They show you how you don't do what God expects of you. The law, the demands, the commandments. And if it weren't for those laws, we'd think we were pretty good people. If it weren't for those rules, those, that acceptable standard of how God says you must live if you want to get to heaven, if it weren't for those rules, uh, we would not know what's right. We would not know what's wrong. 
Without God's law, we wouldn't realize we deserve God's eternal punishment and His wrath. Well, consider this. What do you think would happen if we, just as a people, just decided to ignore sin? Just ignore sin. Nothing is sinful. Nothing is wrong. Nothing is evil. What would happen if we ignored God's law? What would happen if there weren't the Ten Commandments? What do you think would happen? Well, we'd live in open rebellion, first of all, but most importantly, we'd be doomed. There'd be no standard to measure our need for a Savior. We'd never get on our knees and call out for God to save us. Christ in His blood would never shed His blood to die for us because we wouldn't need to be set free. We'd never come to the realization we deserve eternal punishment and death. Uh, Yes, the law reveals our urgent need for Jesus. That's what the law reveals. I need Jesus. I need to be set free from this sin, from this bondage of sin and death. And yes, Jesus does set us free. And we're free from sin. We're freely forgiven. And yet, in that freedom of forgiveness, we struggle. Our old sinful nature, with all of its desires and inclinations, battles with our true nature of God and we know the good we want to do but we don't do it and the evil that we don't want to do that we find ourselves doing and and that's why Paul says in scripture do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world because there is a pattern of the world and it's not a good way to follow but be transformed be changed in the renewing of your mind change your mind how you think about all that Paul's saying don't forget to drown each day those desires of your sinful nature. Drown the desires of your mind, the desires of your heart. Don't let sin have its way with you. Don't let sin control your soul because in doing so, it will destroy your soul. Your faith will be in jeopardy. Don't abuse your Christian freedom because don't forget, sin does destroy. Get all that. Freedom from all restraint is a dangerous thing. Freedom from all restraint spells disaster. If we were free to do whatever we wanted to do without any repercussions, without any punishment, society would spiral into chaos and anarchy. There'd be no rules. And the scary thing, that's what's happening around us today. This is the attitude of our world today. Individuals believe they have the freedom to choose their own morals, do their own thing, live the way they want to live, say what they want to say. They can set their own standards without any repercussions. And that's what they do. The problem, abused freedom leads to destruction. Well, I can give you all kinds of illustrations. <laughs> and in our text, it, it says, you know, the, the illustration of se uh, sexual immorality is, is this, and he goes through that long list. I just want to use one. I just need one. Anger. Anger. 
Suppose we had the freedom to just express our anger whenever we felt like it, and there was never a wrong in that. No repercussions just of getting angry. You could just lash out at your children, lash out at anybody. No repercussions. No, no. What would happen? What would happen if we could all just speak our mind? What would happen if we... What would happen if somebody wanted to kill you? Well, it's my Christian freedom, you know. What would happen to society? What would happen if we had the freedom to hate and kill? I bet, well, I don't bet, I know that Christians wouldn't be living in the world today. They'd have wiped us out a long time ago. Don't you see freedom? It comes with responsibility, and freedom must not be abused. Indeed, abused freedom is anarchy, whether it be social anarchy or spiritual anarchy. Well, Christ has set us free. That's the reality. So what of our Christian freedom of God's forgiveness? Paul talks about that. He says forgiveness always comes at a price. Forgiveness, uh, freedom doesn't just happen. In America, you know, we celebrate our nation's freedom because people shed, and that's what the red is, people shed their blood so that we can be free. And we live in that freedom because they paid the price. Our spiritual freedom didn't just happen either. Jesus shed his blood. There was a great war between good and evil. Christ winning the battle by dying for us to secure our freedom. Don't you see freedom as a precious privilege? A precious responsibility. Let me ask you a question as a Christian. As a Christian, you, do you desire to abuse that gift of the freedom of forgiveness? Is that what you desire, to abuse your forgiveness you've received in Christ? Do you desire to really trample on God's kindness, to trample on His goodness? The one who has set you free from the power of sin and death, the one who shed His blood to set you free, you want to trample on that? You want to abuse His goodwill? Is that what you want? Is that your desire? And if it is, what does it say about your faith? What does it say about your love for the Lord and how you appreciate all that He's done for you? Don't you see, knowing the power of the freedom of forgiveness comes with a great responsibility. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Love one another, serve one another. If you love him, don't abuse your freedom. This is Paul's greatest concern as he dealt with the Galatian church because the Galatian church was struggling. The Galatian Christians were confused. You see, these were a bunch of, of Jews. And, and these Jewish Christians had, were used to growing up in all kinds of rules and regulations. And they liked their rules and regulations of the church. It, it made them feel safe. It made them feel secure. They had all these man-made rules that comforted them uh, made them structured and orderly. There's something exact about all that, precise, controlled and safe. And, and 
Christian freedom terrified these folks. You can't get, let the people be free. He gave them a sense of being lost, being too free, kind of, kind of like being uh, unconstrained, like standing right at the edge of the Grand Canyon. What do you do with that freedom? How can Christians cope with the responsibility of God's gift, the freedom of forgiveness? How do we cope with all that? Well, Dostoevsky wrote so powerfully in his book, uh, The Brothers of Karamazov. And in this book, Jesus comes back to earth in Spain in the 15th century. And so, of course, it's when Spain was ruled with a heavy hand by the church in the Great Inquisition. The church made all kinds of rules upon the people. You follow the rules or we'll punish you. Because the church now has power in the government. And we can make everybody bow to the Lord. And so they made these rules and demands on the people, levied all kinds of self-imposed rules. And the people were forced to obey. If they didn't obey, they were, they were tortured and punished. And Dostoevsky writes, in this environment, Jesus comes. And he's, he's, he comes quietly. He comes to Seville, Spain, where the daily quota of heretics has just been burned. The people know who he is. They, they know who he is because of his kindness, because of his gentleness, because of his, his goodness. And, and Jesus doesn't place demands on them. He makes no demands on them. Just shows them his love. There's a blind man and he heals him. They run into a funeral procession and Jesus walks up to the, the grieving mother and the grieving mother says, can you save, can you bring my daughter back to life? And he brings her nine-year-old daughter back to life. The leader of the Inquisition, though, the Cardinal of Spain, isn't pleased. Not pleased with what Jesus is doing at all. So he has Jesus arrested and thrown into a dungeon. And there in the dungeon, he confronts Jesus and he says, you're destroying these people with your Christian freedom. They're children. They can't handle that kind of freedom. They need our laws, rules, and regulations to keep them huddled in fear, to keep them close to the church. So take your freedom of forgiveness and leave. And after he was finished with his tirade, Jesus just stood there in silence. Freedom is a terrifying thing. It will not, it will not coerce. Indeed, freedom cannot coerce. Freedom will not demand. It will not make, it does not rule by force. The freedom of forgiveness offers love, and it offers love unconditionally. You're no longer slaves to sin. You're set free. By grace you are set free. By grace you are saved. By grace you're free to serve God. 
by grace you're free to love one another. Always forgiven, always cleansed, always washed in the waters of baptism. It's the message of the gospel. It's the good news. We're free. We're free to do what we want. Come and go as we please. Do this or not do that. We're free to live. But abused freedom is a dangerous thing. That's why Paul encourages us to live wisely in the freedom of forgiveness. And instead of abusing our Christian freedom to sin and to indulge in our sinful nature, to use our Christian freedom to follow in God's ways and the fruits of the Spirit, he says, are this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.